from Des Moines. It's not the end of the earth, but you can see it from here. It's the Talking Paragraphs podcast. I'm your host, the man all Taylor Swift breakup songs are really about, Daniel Finney. With me on the line is our co-host, a man who copies, collates, scans, emails, and faxes all in one machine. The world's most dangerous accountant, Memphis, Paul. Welcome to the show, buddy. Um, you know, if I'm if I'm feeling dangerous, I'll leave out the collating. Oh, it's just devil, it's devil may care. Uh, <laughs> just, being, just what about loose leaf binding? Do you do any of that? Uh, we do have a binding. Uh, we we have uh, the you know those uh, spiral binder clips so that your sure booklet ha- you know has the, the the binding on it. We do that for the taxes that we return mm-hmm. to clients. I I don't, but it's done in the office. Right. I, I'm always glad we can start off a podcast with a very exciting description of uh, accounting office work. It does. The listener may be like, this doesn't sound very dangerous. It sounds rather dull. Uh, but uh, keep in mind, it's on a curve. We're grading against other accountants, not like um, that TV show, The, the Unknown Stuntman. You know? Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not dangerous like that guy, mm-hmm. or or the guy that's selling um, Coronas, the most dangerous man or the most interesting man. man in the world. Yeah. I uh, speaking of Taylor Swift, there was a song by Taylor Swift mm-hmm. that happened to have played on the Office uh, radio. Yeah. Well, that's a good anecdote. Twenty four seven. It is. We've got Peter Dinklage critiquing the new Snow White movie, Neil Young versus Joe Rogan. Paul went to a movie, Wordle, I spit out with Venom, Rich People and Toad Venom, and other topics of note. Mm -hmm. You are are engaged in a sport Mm -hmm. now that everyone seems to be engaged in, or at least a lot of people that I know. And I've competed without having played one one game of it, one second of it. I've come to hate it. And it's well called, it's called Wordle. I mm-hmm. I don't actually have anything against playing it. It's the notion that people feel the need to share their scores on social like media. The, the, like, like it matters to anyone else how well you did on this game. It, well it, it it means you're speaking to someone who has a brain cell in their head. Does it? Someone who could make a joke about Kasparov and Fisher in 1970. Oh, oh, wait. At, the at, one uh, time, the one time that you were able to remember two names, you're suddenly telling me that you're, you've got a lockstep firing all in all cylinders brain. Is that what I'm to take from this? Well, if, if, if I wasn't, I wouldn't have posted that, uh, a very attractive looking Wordle score, four out of six, you know, the other day. All right, I'm gonna ask mm-hmm. because I, even though I I would just assume this would go away, it's not gonna happen. I can't 
I can't stop people from doing trends. Yeah. What does the score mean? Is six of six bad or good? Uh, the lower the score, the better. Okay. I don't know. So it's like golf. I don't know what it, I don't know what it tells you when you lose because I haven't lost yet. I'm like ace playing poker. Yeah, you played two games. Well, four games. I'm on a four-game winning streak. I've played okay. four times. Very good. Could be could be blind luck, like a squirrel. No. You know what they say about wordle the wordle season? It's it's a marathon. Not a do, do do they? Um, it's funny because you you've made fun of this wordle thing. I have, and I you're telling me like this is a hip trend. I thought you were making funny making fun of me because it's like, uh, you know, I've got an iPhone six that I'm using for this call. Like I'm behind the times. Sure. Like that's my normal speed to be behind the times. Uh, well, you were an early adopter on Angry hey. Birds too. I think. <laughs> sure. I think one time when we worked on when I was working at the old police station, I told you about Angry Birds. You oh, yeah. downloaded Google Chrome, started playing Angry Birds for free, and like finished the whole game during the conversation. So, this may be Maybe. one of those things. Maybe you'll finish Wordle, hopefully soon. I think I may have turned you on to because um, I haven't heard about Bluebirds since. So, I, I may have turned you on to South Park. I think I sent you like that little Brian Boitano clip from uh, Eons Ago. But normally I'm behind the time. It's like, oh, hey Dan, did you hear about Southland? It's like, hey, I told you about that. Three years ago, you know, that's normally my speed. Uh, right. You were the first person to show me South Park, the, the original mm-hmm. little, little clip. Part construction paper animated actual thing that Trey Parker and Matt Stone did back in 1998 when I came to visit you in Minneapolis. Yeah. But this Wordle deal, like everyone is posting about wordle and i it's fine i guess except if you throw that up there and i'm like what is this an accomplishment is this i i play i play solitaire on my phone i don't post when i when i successfully complete a deck well, maybe you should this, no this, this, i, sh- I should yeah well well, I, let me ask this question: When you, because when you complete a game of Wordle, it asks you, "Hey, do you want to make a copy of this?" The solitaire ask that of you. Yeah, no, like, it doesn't. Okay, you finish, it do you, it do doesn't you because you want to copy this and tell it, the world. It, it doesn't because solitaire has the right attitude. They assume, based mm-hmm. on the name, that you're playing this alone, and would just assume <laughs> not bring it up. Anyway, this Wordle situation. It's only because I get irritated by repetitiveness of stuff that I don't care about, which is basically all of social media and all of the news. And so when my friends who I do follow on social media fall into one of these things, I just, I want to, I get frustrated because I'm like, I trust you people to be less afraid. Yes, or just to be doing more interesting things, which 
I get it. If you enjoy it, fine. And if you want to post it on social media, fine. The problem lies with me. I'm a hater. I, yeah. Well, I've only, you know, it's just like Taylor Swift was saying when I was in the break room about oh, man. they're going to hate, hate, hate or something like that. Right. I'm the Whatever hater. Whatever going to hate, hate, hate when it comes to word. I don't, I don't know what Taylor was telling me, but she said it three times. And then the next line of the song, she said something to me three times. And I, and I did kind of dance a little bit, but um, regardless. Did you, did you uh, dance a little bit in your accounting office? I, I may have tapped my toe or something. That's, that's, that's as down as I get. I'm not, right. I'm I mean, Kevin Bates. when I'm you tap your toe with when you tapped your toe, was there any injury? No. Like, did you no, feel soreness in the I, hip I, the next day, like a, a glute, uh, maybe I, a tight glute? I, I wear the, the correct orthopedic footwear to prevent that happening. <laughs> All right. So tell me the, the works of the Wordle. How, how does the game work? Um, you get letters and you guess at words? Well, I've only played it four times and my memory is not good. I, I think it's five letters. Yeah. And you get you get six tries mm-hmm. and you you have to type in a word and it'll tell you that this letter is not involved at all. Or this you pick the letter that's in the word but it's not in the right order. Or the third color is like, okay, right letter, right order in the word, the actual word of the day. Um, so I, I guess there are strategies for playing mm-hmm. because it, because it is something that swept sure the nation. Books are being written as we speak about how to play Wordle. You know, uh, just in being the same downloaded way that feverishly people, on the i Kindle or whatever it's called. In the same way that people uh, wrote books on how to play the Rubik's cube, and this keep in mind, this will disappear much the way the Rubik's Cube did and you know in the American newspaper. It'll it'll go away oh, and, and no one will hear about it again. So here's, uh, here's what I like with that. Fine. I, I like what you did there. You like there was just a slight jab with the Rubik's Cube, but then you went right mm-hmm. to the body with the newspaper. Yeah that was that wasn't the real joke. That was that was the, that was the setup joke. Yeah the upper cut. Yeah I like that. That's solid. Mm-hmm. Paul, you brought this to us from your okay. vast internet research. This was the toad. Is it the toad thing? Yeah. See, I, I, I looked this up and I found an article about it in town and country of all. You know, if sure. you can imagine a more banal publication, well, I don't know what it is, but apparently, uh-huh. rich people. Now, granted, they yeah. happen to be rich people in california so take that for what it'd be that there's smoking toad venom just to take the edge off like i guess being rich i don't know what their problem is but they're well smoking stuck on the 101 you're stuck on the 101 you know in traffic i i want to read a couple of quotes here (laughs) Uh, the the toad venom is, is called uh, bufo. 
and it's one of the most potent psycho, psychopath, excuse me, psychotropic drugs. Bufo is one of the most potent psychotropic drugs ever discovered. Right. And and one of the outlines. What the hell are you doing? It's the rice. Oh, okay. I... Ladies and gentlemen, and all points in between, Paul got water on his iPhone. And of course, the when you get your iPhone wet, the option, the I, the recommended procedure is to jam it in a bag of rice. I tried to explain to him that it's supposed to be done when the phone is completely off so that it doesn't yeah. short out. But Paul is oh, the world's well. most dangerous accountant. And I this am. is the kind of devil may care thing he does. He's talking to you talking? right now on a phone that's in still a bag of rice. I and he may be electrocuted while doing this. I don't know. And it may be possible that he smoked a little toad venom. Called again? What's the brand or the toad? The name of the toad? Bufo. I don't, I don't know if Bufo. I'm pronouncing it correctly, but Bufo, yeah. B U F O. Yeah. Some describe a fusion with God, a visceral connection with the divine source oh, wow. of all life. Hunter Biden, who's had some problems, has described oh. Bufo as a salve and help him and him kick drug addiction. For those who trade in power, it might keep be the one thing that keep that can help them see past their own egos. So they're airlifting this to that crazy guy who does his own show. Uh, Joe Rogan. Well, sure, him. Joe Rogan's mentioned in this article. Easy. Yeah, good. Good. Today's American intelligentsia is in the grip of hallucinogenic fever. So uh, it was like doing 30 years of therapy in two weeks, right? Yeah. That's yeah. pretty healthy. Um, <laughs> well, you know, as a person who believes in, in behavioral therapy and does <laughs> that. Therapy, there's a reason why you time release this. No, I, no, I understand. But who's, who made that quote? Was that Hunter Biden or Joe Rogan or? Uh, I'm not. Country, I'm going to admit something, Paul. I'm just reading the big pull quotes. I don't know who said that. All right, fair enough. I mean, my, everybody's I, Mike I Tyson is mentioned in this article. Everyone, everyone has a plan until you smoke a, a toad. That was his quote on the topic. Mike, yeah. I, I, so you brought us this. What what interests you? Are you? Thinking about putting some toad venom in your pipe and smoking well, it? Well, I'm not ruling it out, okay? <laughs> but uh, what happens is I uh, eat lunch in my yeah. office. And it's like, what can I do to stop thinking about accounting or whatever? Sure. Scatters, you know, coming out of the four walls around me. Is it like a so I see what Sam Raimi movie and like different... Excel spreadsheet formulas are floating in the air behind your head and, you know, the infinity symbol. And, and then you have this rush of fire after lunch. That's, that's running around your head. 
Well, the sig the sigma th- symbol is the one for summing. Yeah. In a column of figures, that that would be one of the figures. I, I'm not familiar with that movie, but. Um, well, I said it was like a Sam Raimi movie. That uh, I'm thinking of Dark Man, but yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I do feel like Bruce Campbell. Uh, isn't that isn't he in uh, some of the Sam Raimi films? But uh, well, you've caught me. There are two Sam Raimi, three Sam Raimi movies I know. One of them. He did a Superman or Batman or Spider Man. He did three Spider Man movies and he did Dark Man. And that's the Alpha and Omega of my Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi. But tell us, Paul, uh, why you care about this. uh, I was just burning a little time eating my sandwich and went on the Twitter. And this was one of those trending topics. Uh, so I, I put it to the side for us to, to discuss. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you put more research into this than I sometimes do. Sometimes I'll just uh, create my own narrative. Yeah. Uh, which, um, I, if you hear one of your future students say that, it means they didn't do the assignment or read the book they were supposed to. I know what it means. That, that phrasing creating my own narrative. It's an easy uh, time sink, you know. You've already played Wordle. You know, you got that out of the way. You posted your score. Uh, it's a quick little what's going on in the world, what's a little blur, but it's fun. Uh, this was trending, and that's as much as I knew about Toad Venom, uh, was that it was trending. It was the new popular thing to do. Uh I had a single joke, like, oh, do you just dip this in your um, Tide Pod and then uh, smoke it, and then you, uh, you jump in an ice bath, and then you climb up on those uh, milk crates, you know, until you pass out. Because that, and film, you film yourself with a selfie stick while you're doing all that. Uh, sure. Because that is the trend. Uh, you know, we haven't heard about Wordle a good while, so that I think Wordle and Toad Venom are the same thing, really. It's just you can afford to play Wordle, but you probably can't afford can. Toad Venom. Probably not. I didn't. I didn't realize. I, you know, having learned something about Toad Venom, which I had not done right. before pitching it as a as a topic. I feel like Toad Venom is the rich man's Tide Pod, where it's like, oh, I want to do something stupid, but I want to differentiate myself as rich, you know? What rich people do when, they, when they're when they doing something that common people do is they want yeah. change the name and the branding. So instead of just sure. drugs, it's I'm, yeah. I'm improving my mental health. Uh, this is part of my wellness. Or whatever stupid words they want to throw in there. So, okay. so Toad Venom is basically rich people going to Joe's Wine Dive. It, uh, it, I, yes. Yeah. Um, as opposed to going to a dive that's not called that in the title of whatever the bar. Uh, right. You go to a place as opposed to going to dive. Carl's and maybe getting in a fist fight. You go to Joe's Wine Dive and drink, 
you know, overpriced domestic wine and then yeah. say, oh, we were, we were out at Joe's wine dive because we're tourists of poverty, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, instead of just doing math, like a, a good, honest, non-working American. Working man. Yeah, you yeah. do. I, I think, I think you overdose on the meth or the Tide Pod and uh, your ER doctor hands you a pamphlet and you overdose on the, on the uh, toad venom, you go to the Benny Ford clinic. Right, right. So that's what toad venom is to me. It's, it's mm-hmm. Wordle by another name. Okay. I, I see what's happening. Anything bad is, is Wordle affiliated. Right. Uh, I want to stay trend uh, hip and with you. It. Do you? You are on trend. Speaking of trend, uh, Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. our competitor oh. podcaster, we're, right. we're we're fighting for <laughs> his his listeners. Why? Well, we not both- being forcefully unfunny, and we are both ignorant. Uh-huh. We're refusing we're both to carbon based things, which we're both carbon based life forms, <laughs> right? And that's, we both podcast. That's the tie. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we refuse to be willfully ignorant and willfully unfunny. And I, as God is my witness, wow. we will never interview a comedian about comedy on this podcast. A comedian could come on yeah. this podcast and do comedy. That's fine. But I'm not going to talk to them oh. about the art of comedy or how hard it was yeah. to get a spot on the Tonight Show in the '70s. I do not care anymore. I mean, you be say funny, that. Don't be we, funny. I don't care. Well, you hold on. You say that, but we already did a bit about Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, notorious funny people. So that <laughs> we've done that. All right, I'll cut it. That bit, that bit will be referenced only in this clip. That bit cut. Never existed. Except it's mentioned. Uh, if we had a comedian on, yeah. wait, I, I want to role play this. Okay. Um, that, do, do you want to, is there a particular comedian you admire that you would like to play for this role play? Sure. I'll, I'll be Bob Newhart. Uh, Bob. This is Paul. Um, I'm, I podcast talking paragraphs at the end. I did have a, a question for you about the craft of comedy. Uh, what do you do to help remember, like when you're referencing a person from like a movie from 20 years ago? Uh, how, how do you remember that person's name when you're telling your joke? Because I have problems. I'm, I'll start a joke and then like halfway through, I'll forget. Oh shoot! Who's the person that I'm trying to reference? This will this will help land the joke if I could uh, what, what remember that person's money? name. I before the show, <laughs> I was in the green room. One of your guys yeah. came back and asked me what I wanted to talk about. I gave them notes. I've got you material did? for you. We, you're that, we don't use those questions. So. Uh, you're asking yeah. me this inane question. I I could do. You want me just to do Abe Lincoln versus Madison Avenue? I'll do I, it. I do. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. (laughs) And for the first time in my career, I'm going to walk off in a huff. And I'm 99 years old. It's not that easy for me to walk off in a huff. It's not that easy for me to walk. 
How are, how are you doing on the envelopes? Could you stay in another box, <laughs> Bob? <laughs> <laughs> so Joe Rogan. Yes. Is like Wordle. In that okay. it's something that I is a person. Something you that hate. I, that mm-hmm. I know. I I didn't know anything mm-hmm. about Joe Rogan. Oh, Apparently yeah, he was a comedian. Right. But his comedic mm-hmm. work did not get into my sphere of entertainment. That's not to say that's not a judgment on his comedy. It's just to say yeah. I never came. I never watched one of his specials if he had he, them. Yeah, I never. He was on. Mm-hmm. Here's here's some knowledge. He was on a show called like News Radio with Phil Hartman. Do you remember that show? I remember the show. I think I watched he, one he episode. Had, he he was like the fourth tertiary character on that show. Really? If I if I remember right, which you know that's an issue. Here's Bob, what I Bob Newhart show is that Bob Newhart is working on my memory skills with me, so I, I could I could have missed that uh, <laughs> that fact. Here's what I remember about news radio is that about halfway mm-hmm. through its run, Phil Hartman's wife went nuts and murdered him and then killed herself. Yeah. And the show replaced him funny. with John Lovitz. Oh. And I, I only knew that because it was on the news. I didn't actually watch the show. Right. And so, again, this is all stuff. This, this is what makes me angry about the culture we live in is things yeah. I don't care about. Are constantly being jammed into my face. News radio. News yeah. radio is fine, but Joe Rogan <laughs> is not fine. because Joe Rogan. Because yeah. the things I learn about Joe Rogan are, oh, is Vax nonsense, or he's mm-hmm. he's arguing with somebody, or whatever. And and I don't care. I just yeah. don't care. Everybody's mad at everybody all the time. And guess what? Neil Young is mad at Joe Rogan. Now, I like Neil Young. I didn't know anything about this until you, my friend, my betrayer. Okay. Wow. uh, Well, this is is a banner week for you, buddy. Not only did you adopt Wordle and start texting your Wordle scores, scores. but you you told me that Joe Rogan was feuding with Neil Young. I I don't know. I don't know that I – it's one of these, like – you're getting the divorce, but you're not speaking to each other. So everyone, everything goes through your lawyer, yeah. which in this case is, is Spotify. Yeah. So Neil Young, Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is true. I don't know how to say this uh, it, without taking a side. Because here's my feeling about vaccines. It's I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want to talk to anybody about vaccines. I don't want to be yeah. in your conversation. But apparently Joe Rogan is questioning of vaccines maybe against vaccines and Mm -hmm. that's his jam which is a really easy way to get attention from both sides because if you're a pro-vaccine person then then you have have a new person to be angry with and if you're a good way to get attention a good way to get attention from neil young that's what we learned this week and if you're an anti-vaccine person, then mm-hmm. y- you got a new hero in the in the yeah. celebrity community. Somebody who gets it. Somebody who really understands your point of view. I, Fine. Yeah. I, I just I have divorced my I have gotten my shots. That was my choice. 
And I, I wish that I could get people to herd immunity. They don't want to do it. Fine. I don't want to, I I don't want to fight about it anymore. I will try to survive as long as I can. You you have, you have, you have framed the vaccines in the same way that you framed, uh, framed Wordle. Right. I'm not playing Wordle. I'm trying to get everyone to stop talking to me about it, but I can't. I have to live with that. A world where Wordle exists. Yes. So Neil Young, uh, his music is on Spotify, which is also a big. It was. Right. His music was on Spotify, mm-hmm. where which is also a big podcast distributor. Our podcast is on Spotify. And <laughs> it is. Yeah. Well. But Joe Rogan, his podcast is on there. And he said, fine, if his mm-hmm. podcast is on there then I don't want my music on there because this guy's spreading, yeah. spreading misinformation about vaccines. Yeah. Uh, I love Neil Young's music, at least parts of it. He releases, he farts and releases an album, but I love the things I love about Neil Young. I really love the guy can shred on guitar. He's got just some killer historic, relevant songs um but when it comes to joe rogan versus neil young in 2022 this is like you know the reanimated corpse of muhammad ali post parkinson's fighting manny pacquiao it's not going to work even though at the at the time at the peak of neil young's fame he was a giant He's not, no one knows who he is anymore except aging boomers and music heads. Like he's just, he's not that important in culture anymore. So he's trying, he's trying to act as if he still has the authority and culture that he did when he was at his peak. And Joe Rogan, and to say that Neil Young had authority and culture doesn't mean he had real authority. It means he could get people to do stuff because people wanted to be like Neil Young. Well, now people want to be like yeah, he, Joe Rogan. He was and, never like a Supreme Court justice. Right, right. Primarily because he was Canadian. Uh, but that's, that's the only reason is what I'm hearing. I think so. Uh, everything else about him would qualify him for the job. I mean, yeah. you don't have to be a lawyer to have that job. You don't have to have been a judge. So anyway... All I'm saying is Joe Rogan is saying this anti-vax stuff. Neil Young doesn't like it, takes his music off of Spotify. Mm-hmm. And I'm still angry at Neil Young for letting Jimmy Fallon play a guitar with him. So, oh, so I don't know happened? how much this was at the like uh, when Jimmy Fallon was on late night. Uh, mm-hmm. Neil Young was a guest and Jimmy Fallon came and played a guitar with him. Yeah. And I, I've never liked Jimmy Fallon because he won't let uh, the guests be the stars. He's always got to like try to prove that he's the he's talented too. Like, don't forget about me. I'm still here. Look at me. I'm funny. I'm the person you're here for. Not not these guests. Where like Carson, the, uh... people are here for the guests. 
the the segment after the Neil Young segment, mm-hmm. um, he he dressed up in a mermaid fin with Daryl Hannah, the, right. the wife of uh, Neil Young. You know, just pouring in. Well, the only thing I, I have to say about it is, you know, well. Uh, Having learned that our podcast is on Spotify, mm-hmm. uh, and that uh, that this guy is in a fighting mood, mm-hmm. you know, I want to, you know, you know, Harvest Moon that kind of sucks, overrated, you know, and, and get a beef going because right now we're sitting on like I don't know twenty listeners. We might we might get a, a Neil Young Halo effect. Uh, <laughs> So you're saying we should attack a celebrity? Neil Young. Uh, attack Neil Young. Uh, attack Neil Young. I can't join Neil, you. This adult assault. Neil Young. Not not any Neil Young specifically. Yeah. Because he'll because uh, he'll retaliate. Yeah, um, that's true. Because Neil Young is apparently listening to all podcasts for mm-hmm. vaccine. Factual in it, in it. Yeah. So uh, I don't have anything to say about vaccines, but God uh, no, Harvest Moon, no. not not very good, not a good yeah. song. We could go after Bo Jackson. I think he sued someone for libel, uh, but I don't know if that'd give us any uh, a Bo I Jackson bump or not. I can't afford a lawyer, and I don't want to go after oh. Bo Jackson mm-hmm. because I because though Bo Jackson's career in both pro football and baseball. Was cut short due to injury. So, overrated, overrated. I say. Um. Right. Sure. I. I, I don't. I. Uh, that's fine. Um. I just. This is another thing where like Neil Young has betrayed me. He's he's let Jimmy Fallon Blake play guitar with him, and now yeah. he's forced Joe Rogan in front of my eyeballs and into my ears again. And all I ask of you, Neil Young, is write good songs, record them, and just be a grumpy old man. Don't, don't post your Wordle scores either. Yeah, if he posted his Wordle scores on any of his social media that I don't follow. Sounds like, it sounds like you're snowshoeing through the... Rocky Mountains, but you're just you know sort of peeling through I'm, uh, the ice. I'm so, well. I'm snow. I'm snowshoeing through uh, Neil Young's backyard in Canada. I've got uh, <laughs> I've got impolite things to say about him. So well, I he, think he has a if he has a problem with that and wants to boycott, you know, Spotify, put it out there in the media. And mention and mention the talking paragraphs guy. Please yeah, mention it by name, okay. Th- the mistake is made is you're snowshoeing through Neil Young's backyard in Canada, but he's a naturalized American citizen, and I think he lives in oh. California somewhere. No, so just keep that in mind. Well, the money we don't want to shut off the money train by pulling our podcast off of Spotify. Right. Uh, so we're just going to have to live with with things the way they are. That some people are saying, saying things we disagree with. I want, <laughs> I, 
I want to be clear here, Paul. You you said we had like 20 listeners. Not mm-hmm. not so. We've had as many in the last uh year or so, as many as 106. Yeah. Move the goalposts if you'll find an outlier. Yeah. Well that okay. You're a math guy. You throw out the high, you throw out the low. We've had some that were like 13. Uh, the uh, the what was it? The uh, <clears throat> podcast we did on the Olympics <laughs> and violent baseball okay. got 13, yeah. 13 listens. Yeah. But most of the time, either. Yeah, most of the time we are in in a good solid mm-hmm. fifty to eighty range. Oh, yeah. And uh-huh. which that's a passing grade. And yes. Uh, the Licorice Pizza podcast was particularly popular on the yeah. day after well, Christmas. Well, maybe the the listeners are thirsting for another Paul. They are. It's time for our our very rare segment. Paul goes to the movies, and you went to go see uh, an animated cartoon. Uh, uh, Japanese uh, work of cinema. Uh, anime. Anime is that's what right. they call that. That's the right word. Yeah. It was good. Uh, it was very timely. You know. Um, Facebook has changed their name to Meta. Yeah. Because they're, I guess, either like, hey, we're really into this new thing, or please forget that we did this horrible uh, thing that we're getting a lot of flack for in the media. I can't tell which. I'll, I'll interject here. Okay. Neither one of those things are true. They are oh. just becoming more horrible. Yeah. They they are so, up, they're, they're upping their horrible game from irritating yeah. website and social and app to a virtual reality horrible experience. Right. It was inter- well. So they're they're doing this. They're getting involved in the meta the metaverse, as the, right. as the kids call it. This the movie Bell. Uh, I don't know that I want to spoil the plot if people go out and watch it. I recommend this film. I don't now, we're talking about Bell, like B-E-L-L-E? Or... That's right. Yeah. So this young woman, she's, she's kind of had a tough life, not adjusting well to social life as a I guess, high school student. Mm. Um, so she, like many people, has uh, gone on to social media to um, reinvent herself or make friends or be a, be a different person, all those, all those things. Uh, the um, cinematography of this metaverse as, as uh, envisioned in the film is very beautiful. Um, there's, a, there's kind of a, a point in the film where she becomes kind of honest about who she is in the real world and, and that's shown in this um, alternate reality and it's a very beautiful moment uh, uh, in the film um, I, I was struck like if 
the metaverse was like one tenth as nice as this movie or uh, the artwork was as good or the uh, uh, the action was uh, one tenth as good as that uh, it'd be worth doing but I, uh, I I have severe doubts that that's true uh, all of which is to say it's a good film I would watch it if you're uh, fan of good films or uh, uh, interested in a, a movie that's kind of uh, apropos to uh, where society's going with this whole uh, uh, metaverse malarkey. Now tell me, mm-hmm. proportion to her face, how big oh. are her eyes? Are they like, <laughs> you know, like Bambi or... Well, no, it's because this, this is a part of the art form. Sometimes the female characters in particular have mouths that take up two-thirds of their face. And then they yeah. have the little red squiggly lines that are floating on the side. And then they have, like, giant purple, uh, giant eyes with purple irises and green hair. Uh, the picture I see of this, this person online, Belle... She's got kind of like a Disney princess haircut, but she's it's pink. But there's something weird going on with her eyes. Like they're first of all, um, they're, they're monstrously huge, and they have like red dots under them. Well, the the real life woman has freckles, so ah. the uh, the biometric telemetry maps that as in a more pleasing way for this you know augmented reality i see um she's wearing a made of roses and carnations it appears here sure sure um i I guess you're able to do outfits in this um universe and she has a friend a real life friend who's helping her do that um you know it's it's much like uh the actual social media where people can become uh, depressed or disgruntled on social media. I mean, that's, that's true. Yeah. And part of that's because everything you see on social media, is like, Oh, look at me. I'm, uh, I'm uh, wearing this bikini. I'm in Cabo. And uh, I just ate this meal. Here's the meal I ate, you know, and it's like, well, Sure, you're on this expensive vacation. The rest of your life's pretty boring. You know, you airbrush this photo to an inch of its life. Uh, and the person viewing this, it's like, well, I don't I don't feel as good about my life anymore because uh, look what this, you know, the amazing adventures this person's up to. I'm falling. Um, so in the movie, it's like, She's having a rough time in the real world. Um, she's got a lot of friends in the virtual world and is kind of uh, enjoying it a little bit. Um, and then there's some uh, twists and turns after that. Um, so there are there are like a lot of things that make you reflect on the challenges and problems of social media. Um, well, we have a clip from the film. Do you want to set up the clip? Oh. <laughs> no, because I don't know what, what you're doing. But uh, 
you didn't bring the clip. No, we said we said no. in the pre-show production, every time we do Paul goes to the movies, you bring a clip. You didn't bring a clip. There's no, there's no clip. There's no bow tie. No press on nails. There's nothing. Well, next time you go to a movie, it better be Rochambeau the movie. Well, this does, I, I, this does sound interesting. I, I'm going to tell you this. I didn't research the the movie beforehand because I thought, well, this is Paul has, Paul and I have different tastes in movies. Paul likes a movie. Takes a chance that does something interesting, even if it doesn't yeah. doesn't live up to the uh, risk that it took. Yeah. He appreciates the journey. I'm a guy that wants to be entertained more than anything else. When I yeah. go, so like Paul would be like, "Eh, Spider Man," and I'd be like, "Yeah, Spider Man," but Paul would be like, "Ooh, this new David is out. Let's check this out." And I'd be like, "Okay." Yeah. Uh, but I did Google this because that's oh, what you learn uh -huh. about things. Okay. So here's what came up. Um, Bell anime film source past 3 million U.S. box office. That's according to Crunchyroll, which is a distributor right. of anime films. So yeah. that's, that's good news. Uh, then how Kylie McNeil, a teen without internet fame, wound up as the star, as the voice star of Bell. And then the news takes a sudden turn. Cleveland Guardians great Albert Bell sacks Aaron Rodgers on radio. Okay, and then car that, overturns that. crash in Bell Glade. So I don't, I don't know Albert how these things are all related, but Albert Bell is spelled B L L E. Oh, the, the name of this is Bell. Albert Bell was not in this movie. There, there is a dark figure mm -hmm. uh, in the alternate reality that she actually uh, took kind of a Beauty and the Beast trope, right? Uh, but. Uh, it's it's not so simple uh, as that story uh, takes well, a turn, which I which I don't want to ruin because it's a very uh, true to life, uh, powerful turn, more powerful than a Disney uh, plot. Sure, uh, in many most, cases, most, most things are more powerful than a Disney plot. Let's be honest. Yeah, I, I do see a picture of Belle, the ordinary Belle. With just like regular hair and a mouth that takes mm -hmm. about half of her face. Uh, Paul's house is infested with cockroaches, and that's the sound of their exoskeletons crushing beneath his feet. Uh, so, speaking of movies and Disney, okay. Peter Dinklage. Wow. Yeah. Famed of Game of Thrones, the station manager. Uh, he was the in station the, agent. Or the station agent. That's correct. Uh, a movie I really like. Good film. Yeah, yeah. It's a good film. Um, he was in Avengers: uh, Infinity War. He was. There was a TV show he was on that was like a cop 
police procedure show uh that didn't last very long but he was on it he he is a what a little person i think that's the correct term he has a has a condition that uh affects his size he's short um and peter dinklage has had this successful career as an actor which is no is a is a big deal because I don't think there's a lot of parts that you think right. you, you, you it's like, oh, here's our romantic lead, and you think, you yeah. know, Ben Affleck or I don't know who famous people are anymore, but you don't think, yeah. oh, here's Peter Dinklage, you know, yeah. but he's been able to have a very broad and diverse career. Well, Disney is remaking Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. They're remaking their cartoon adaptation of it. So for a minute, don't think for a minute that this will be something like Snow White, the actual grim fairy tale where horrible things happen and no one wins. That's how grim fairy tales are. You know, like everything's awful. Oh. Yeah. You know, there's there's often involve a lot of rape and death in these grim fairy tales. Then Disney makes them, and they're like, you know, everybody's that's, happy and talking to birds and that kind of stuff. And there's a happy ending. That's not oh. what I expected from Germanic culture. <laughs> what unhappiness? <laughs> Just kind of a train wreck. Yeah, yeah sadness, uh, despair, and destruction. That does that does feel German. And sausages. And, and and those boots of beer. That's pretty much every grim fairy tale. Anyway, Disney's remaking Snow White, and they were they were just giving themselves a lot of self love because they had hired a Latina actress. They'd cast oh. this Latina actress to be Snow White, and they just couldn't have been more proud of themselves. Let me state for the record that neither Paul and I care who stars in the Snow White remake. We were never going to go. It didn't matter who played that role. We were never going to go. It wasn't important to us. We are not involved in the identity politics of this story in that sense. It, fine. It's a victory that uh, a Latino a Latina mm. woman is in a fairy tale that starred uh, yeah. a white cartoon character, whatever. I don't care. It's not my, I, I, I don't want to fight about it. I, I don't want to get labeled a racist, whatever you win. But Dinklage is pissed off because they're making this movie with the seven dwarves is his problem. His argument is that being a dwarf should not be a personality trait. That it shouldn't be the center part of these characters. He wants to, I guess, he wants them to be, if you want to have seven little people in the film, it shouldn't just be because they're little people. 
I, I guess. Um, I'll agree with him on, in so far as I don't think we should worry so much about the identity of the person mm. being cast in any role. But I will also say that Peter Dinklage has done amazing for himself. Um, but I don't, I, I want to state this delicately. He could have just said, you know what? It's Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Um, I, he, he could have said nothing, which is always the best policy, I think. Um, he could have said, why don't we just laugh a little more? This is Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Um, but I think he, his argument is that these depictions of these little people are, is harmful to people like him because then people always think of him as like these, you know, happy little people who are la, 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 or trolls under bridges or whatever. I don't know. I just... I hate culture so much, Paul. I just, you, you had pointed this out, this Dinklage thing to me, and I did a little reading on it. I just, nothing can just be a thing. It's 20 things. So instead of a live action remake of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs that I was never going to go see, just like I didn't go see the live action remake of Beauty and the Beast, which everybody said was about rape and Stockholm Syndrome. I'm not making that up. Go look it up. I wasn't going to go see a that. Remake? Yeah, they made a live action movie. And they said basically Beauty and the Beast is a story of kidnapping, rape, and and whatever, uh, Stockholm Syndrome. And that was exhausting. And now Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, which was not even one of the snow. It was like Disney's first big animated, whatchamacallit, in the mm -hmm. 30s. And they, dirty little secret, they have to remake it now to retain the copyright control of the imagery from that uh, film because yeah. it's been like 90 years or whatever. Not 90 years, but it's, it's there. So if they remake the film now, they retain their copyright. Uh, Even that's weird because it's like, were they going to lose a bunch of money? Like everyone's out buying the Snow White uh, stuff. Maybe they have a Snow White person as the theme park. Well, we know our we know our so culture is the this. rights of that. Like if if I said to you, Larry Hama wrote the next GI Joe movie, and they're going to cast characters based on how their cards were written, you know, like Ace never loses at poker, and right. you know, uh, that's a horrible message for gambling addiction. Right. That's what would happen. But we would go to that because our culture doesn't come up with new stuff anymore. It just sells us the same stuff over and over again. So in a few years, there'll be more Transformers movies or more crap G.I. Joe movies or whatever generation, uh, whatever the millennials get nostalgic for pretty soon. That'll be, uh, you know, breaking Josh movie will be on or what. I don't know. What, what those people were interested in yeah. but um so they're reselling a snow white the the yeah. diabetic causing snow white version and i just i just want a thing 
one thing to happen where it's not a symbol of emancipation from or breaking the glass ceiling. It's just a movie. And that happened in December or whenever the movie came out, when Spider-Man came out, it was just a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. In, but we're, I think that it's increasingly less possible because Disney's just, they're on this message kick. They just want us to buy the message. And part of it is like, I, I'm kind of on board with the message, but if you strike me in the face every time I go to the theater or every, every film is marketed in this way, eventually I'm just going to roll my eyes and not participate because that's what I'm doing with baseball. That's what I'm doing with a lot of other things. Like I'm tired of your shit. You know, I'm tired of labor strife. I'm tired of debating whether Barry Bond should be in the hall of fame. I just don't care anymore. Life is too short and this is all exhausting. And it used to be things that were fun. So thanks, Peter Dinklage. I like you. I like the work you've done. You're on my, oh, he's talking yeah. now. Time to move yeah. on list because yeah. I've got nothing against you. I got nothing against, I, I, I respect how hard it must be to have achieved the level of the success that he has achieved in a industry that is vain and based on physical appearance to a, an overwhelming degree. That being said, there's nothing I can do about this, but not go to the Snow White movie, which I wasn't going to do anyway. So if you choose to interpret me not going to the Snow White movie as support of you, I'm fine with that. Uh, the uh, character that he plays in uh, Game of Thrones is like one of the, the best written you know, probably the fav one of the favorite characters within the book series. Mm -hmm. Like if you if you pull a book readers again with Thrones series, like oh yeah, I like this guy. He'd be like in the top three favorite. Are you telling me there are Game of Thrones uh, books too? Are these like novelizations books, of the TV series? No, no. The books the books came before the the, oh, the show. Are the books finished? The no, no, no. Was there are there more to be written? Because all I see is George R. R. Martin at comic book conventions just signing stuff. Yeah. He's that's a guy. That's a guy that's loving life. Mm -hmm. There's a guy that's like, oh, I'm not worried about controversy like finishing the the books he started. There was a headline that, about I, I don't want to get too far away from your take, but there was a headline about George R. R. Martin some years ago where he's like like fans were like they were worried that he might die before finishing the cycle of novels and well, his, his I am, was so. like fuck you uh, <laughs> it's your problem not mine i'll do it when i want uh which i kind of respect that like instead of treating like he's this is his most successful work i assume he's done other things other than this the series he, of books he he wrote uh, he wrote for the TV show Beauty and the Beast or whatever that show was with uh, oh with Linda Hamilton yeah. and uh, Ron yes Perlman yeah Ron Perlman yeah. yeah well good for him I, I live your life to the fullest George R R Martin but anyway what was your yeah. take that I interrupted rudely with the George R R Martin jest uh he 
So Peter Dinklage played one of the favorite characters in yeah. uh, the books, and I'm sure he did a great job. He, he's a good actor. He was very good in the station agent. Uh, he, he's going to be playing Cyrano de Bergerac in some upcoming movie. Wow. So there's, there you go. There's another chance to do some good work. I'm sure it would be great. Uh, I, I guess I didn't picture these dwarfs as offensive to people that w- that are uh, little people, or whatever the correct term is. But uh, he, he would know more than me. Uh, but I, I agree with you. Like we are kind of going overboard. I feel like Disney is is one of the few companies that doesn't really need to be attacked for not pulling their weight. I mean, they did this in, in, in Canto movie. It's based on a Latin culture and they did Mulan, which is Oh my God, Paul. A, Disney well, is that, all about the message. Like Disney, yeah. Disney put out an entire Marvel movie and it's in the entire plot line was like, look, this is the first, uh, deaf superhero and look this is the first chinese superhero and look this is the first whatever they had the eternals the whole marketing campaign for that was there are a lot of different races and people of ability in this film the the movie was shit yeah but they had fair enough but it was it was something new and they put it out there uh i i guess my point is i i i'm i'm a little surprised that this is a target of like uh, in you know insensitive to uh, inclusivity or whatever the right word is of inclusiveness because it, it does feel like they're um, putting out a lot of content and they're sensitive to these matters. Yeah, uh, they are working the heavy bag. That's for but, sure. But uh, I mean, uh, if if you're looking for representation, go no farther than uh the book of boba fett they they have oh. the first representation of the, those cybernetically advanced teenagers who ride god damn it let me make the joke Bo- the book of boba <laughs> fett has yeah. the first screen representation of cybernetically enhanced teenagers in a vespa motor scooter gang that's yeah. how hard Disney's working to get people included. Well, uh, you say that, but that that movie we saw in DC wasn't that guy running around on his little scooter. The one who was like, "Are you an angel?" Remember that one? That was a Pretty pod cool. racer. Was. That was a pod Not racer. A diff- That's a different thing. What yeah, you're me. It was, yeah, it was a totally different thing. These very, very these, different. This, okay, this teenage gang of cybernetically enhanced people uh ride around on pastel colored hoverboards that look like vespa cycles great and this is boba fett's muscle (laughs) i'm not making this up this boba fett show is terrible uh it's it's the last episode of the boba fett show was all about the mandalorian which was nice to see him again Uh, but they managed to make that as dull as anything I've ever seen. So I, the, I don't know what's happening, but maybe we should have just only remembered the Star Wars movies that ended in 1983 yeah. and moved on with our lives. There's a lot of money to wring out of that dish to hell. But 
yeah. the, um, the I saw I haven't seen an episode, but I have seen like some preview for it. And it was like there's these women that have the little tentacle ears, whatever those are. Yeah. Whatever those creatures are. That, yeah, uh, I think they're tweeds or twillies or something. Yeah. I don't know. He's pretty, that person. Yeah. Uh, I was keen I was keen to watch a little bit just to see that person if she looked attractive. Uh well you never know probably Star Wars thing. Uh there is a character that re repeats that's paid, played by a fairly well known actress. Mm-hmm. I think oh. it's Jessica Beal Beals. Yeah. Uh Memphis. That's that's all that's Millington. It's a suburbs, Jessica Beale. Is she? Wife no. of uh wife of uh JT. Jessica well, this Beale. is a day that will be long remembered because we have finally found a a, a Memphis a Tennessee, Tennessee fact that you can be proud yeah, of. We found it. God yeah. damn. We're not we're not even sure if she's in this, but I, we're gonna take that fact and run. Yeah, sure. Jennifer Beals is in this as Garza Whip, yeah. a twee twilick who runs a cantina in Moss Espa called the Sanctuary. Oh. And that's who you saw. He was, uh, and I recognize her face a little bit, but I didn't know she was a Memphis. Okay, editor's note. We don't know our names very well. Jessica Beale lives in Memphis with Justin Timberlake, her husband. The actress that's in Boba Fett show is Jennifer Beals. Now back to this absolute wreck of a show. I'm going to cut all that out anyway. Just relax. Uh, I heard, hey, Paul, I heard Lincoln Riley is going to New Orleans to coach the Saints. Didn't even coach I a game at USC. Yeah, yeah, I saw that tweet, and I liked it. You liked it? It, it's it fake. wasn't a real tweet. Yeah. It was a fake tweet, but my enjoyment was real. Yeah. I like the idea of Lincoln Riley just going from job to job. Job to job. Ever, ever actually doing the job. Ever. It's a great gig. I mean, uh, he's done a terrific job at USC for never having coached a game. Like right. he's gotten all these recruits to cancel or the the move. Yeah. Like Oklahoma's class is kind of falling apart. So if he just moves and goes to uh, New Orleans, maybe they'll sign some plum free agents, and then they can leave and just keep the cycle going. Go to the Jets. Uh, you know, could, could be they could use the help. Yeah, I, I like the Bears, it. The, the Bears, Bears just hired Bears a guy, could, but we could fire him, uh, hire Lincoln Riley. Yeah, they could. Yeah, yeah. yeah. keep it going. Um, you know, maybe Jerry Jones rethinks not firing Mike McCarthy, brings in Lincoln Riley. Yeah, do it. Down in Dallas, gets everything going, you know. Then maybe he does a Ted Lasso and goes and coaches Arsenal. Doesn't know uh, anything about sure. Doesn't know anything about soccer, but what the hell? Coach him. Our, our Arsenal hasn't done that great recently, so he, yeah. he can not do any worse. can not do any worse. Well, uh, I will tell you, that's as a Bears fan, that's not true. It can always get worse. Oh. Yeah. Justice Breyer is retiring from the Supreme Court. Yeah. Great, great ice cream brand. He'll be missed. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, Neapolitan Wells Blue, Blue Bunny up for the job. Wells Blue Bunny. It's a big, big road to hoe. I like. 
I like the fact that you gave me the joke that you were going to do and you refuse to do it now. <laughs> Here's the note, ladies and gentlemen. We text back and forth notes for the podcast throughout the week. And the note was Justice Breyer retiring it in the year. Justice Bluebell Neapolitan is rumored to be as next appointee. <laughs> he was making, you know, there's Breyer's ice cream, there's Bluebell. I made, a, I made a Wells Blue yeah. Bunny joke, but Paul was just not. Yeah, he did. He was not going to do his own joke. You like the anti but your, or, your joke or here's the other factor: fine. he forgot his joke, and he was not able to pick it up. No, he, he did an equivalent joke, and it satisfied the union standard for one joke per segment. So uh, <laughs> I, applaud, I applaud your uh, uh, vision for quality. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing stands for quality more than the Talking Paragraph podcast. For Paul in Memphis, I'm Dan in Des Moines. Paul, get us out of here. Uh, Be kind, behave. Well, I guess we can close the file on that one.